Your Locked On Canadiens, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 300. Yes, that is 300 episodes of Locked On Canadians, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day. I am, of course, once again, your host. I am Scott Mail, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, the active stick, Laura Sabat. Laura, uh, KJL Sports gave away wings again, and the Montreal Canadiens... Still really good at hockey? That's the surprising thing, although not so surprising, as we will find out tomorrow. We have a surprise coming up for you guys. But it was Shea Weber's 1,000th game. There was a lot of weeping, uh, I think. You know, there, there were a lot of cute things that they that they posted around the arena on the Zoom calls. Uh, and, and they posted also on Twitter videos from former teammates of Shea Weber it's a milestone game for him. It's an admirable milestone, but I'm just really excited that for our milestone episode at 300 episodes, the Canadians are, instead of being mind-numbingly disappointing, they are the class of the division. Tyler Toffoli sitting on top of the scoring chart. How We can't complain. Like There's nothing that we can complain about. We'll find something to complain about, but overall, it's a good time to be a Canadian fan. Yeah, this game was weird in that the Canadians once again, uh, pummeled the Vancouver Canucks and even in their worst, uh, one of their worst periods of the season, and I use that term lightly, they still scored two goals and, you know, kind of coasted the rest of the way against the Canucks. It, it was a, it's one of those games that, you know, this is one they probably would have lost last year. Like just the way it kind of came down to the third period, there was that late kind of garbage goal. Those are the things that kind of collapsed this team last year, and this year they're not. Uh, Jake Allen was outstanding for the Canadians again. Uh, we'll get to Josh Anderson and Tyler Toffoli. We're good. We'll talk about Shea Weber's 1,000th game. But across the board, I'm finding it hard to look at this Canadians lineup and be like, this is a weak spot. That could use some tuning up. I don't have any complaints, and I know the Canucks are bad, and I'm going to go on record and say that the Canucks are bad. They've been bad. Beating Ottawa three times doesn't make you a super team by any means. And the Canadians went out there and did what they had to do again. That's, what, four straight victories against the Canucks and points in all five games they've played against them? Vancouver has got to be sick of playing the Canadians at this point, like... Every single time they go in there, they give up at least five goals, and they never look like a dangerous team. I feel bad for Quinn Hughes having to play on a team in a defensive core where his main partner is like Tyler Myers on most night. It's like buying a Lamborghini and then putting cinder blocks on as the wheels. It's They're like handicapping <laughs> themselves. Meanwhile, the Canadians are this well-oiled, you know, four-line, three defensive pairing machines, and they're playing Kulak and Mete, who haven't played together a lot, and they were great. They can play Kulak and Romanov, and they'll be fine. They can play Mete and Romanov, and I think they'll be fine. Their fourth line was closing out games. When's the last time Claude Julien had 
a trustworthy fourth line to seal these kind of things out. Across the board, I wasn't crazy about the way the game ended, but at the same time, they still scored five goals. They still won. Across the board, I could not be more happy with how this team is playing right now. And I got to say, like, I, I, there are certain things that I think could be better, but it's not to say that they aren't good. It's, it's to say that like these things can and should be fine tuned before playoff time rolls around. I think those are my comments more than anything else. I saw a lot of people complaining about Victor Mete again. Uh, and I know people have been talking about the Philippe Dano line, which we'll talk a little bit more about in the later, uh, later in this episode. But all of those complaints, like some of them are non things where people are just looking at things differently than they are. And some of them are just things that like need a few games to sort themselves out. Like they, there aren't any fatal weaknesses on this team. There's nothing that I'm truly worried about. There's nothing that I can complain about. Yeah. Like, if I'm looking at this team right now and I go, the weak spot is, well, maybe the defense outside of Jeff Petrie isn't scoring as much as it could. I, who the hell cares? Like every single group on this team is playing so well. And I, I want to touch on Suzuki Anderson and Drewane a little bit here before we touch on Toffoli and Dino later in the show. When Josh Anderson went out of the lineup because he was – food poisoned or whatever it was on Saturday, uh, that line kind of struggled a little bit. And now since he's come back uh, for Monday's game and tonight's game, he look, that line looks completely reinvigorated. His speed and ability to draw defenders and create space gives them so much room to operate. You can see the difference when he's not there and when he is there. And, Assuming he stays healthy, and so far he seems to be doing quite well at that outside of getting food poisoning, uh, Josh Anderson might be that real difference maker there in that Toffoli's been great, and that's awesome. But Anderson, when he's on the ice, makes that line with Druane and Suzuki one of the best in the league. Toffoli is on fire, and he's a big part of his line success, but it's predominantly him. When Anderson is out there, all three of those players are generating points and attacking so well. You can see why Mark Bergevin had to go out and get his guy. It, it could not be more obvious than watching him play tonight. He threw Jalen Chatfield into the net while scoring a goal and didn't seem too bothered by it. The power horse continues to just absolutely wow me every single game for the Canadians. I agree. I, I just... I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm literally trying to think of something where I'm like, this isn't clicking or this isn't working out. And I can't truly say that about any line, any pairing. And, and quite frankly, I'm just so impressed with Drew and once in a while I'll see him make a mistake and people complain about it, but it's just, it's so unfounded and so uncalled for. Yeah, it's, I, I, I think we're past the point of slandering Mark Bergevin's off-season moves because, oh, what if they don't work out? Well, they clearly worked out just fine. All of your thoughts and predictions are irrelevant now. Josh Anderson has, what, six goals on the season now? Tyler Toffoli has nine goals on the season. Nice. Joel Edmondson gets better every game, and Jake Allen was awesome. Once again, a complete Canadians performance, and it could not have come in a better game than tonight. Shea Weber's 1,000th game. We're going to talk about some of our own Weber memories and 
maybe we'll look back a little bit on how wrong we were when the trade for Shea Weber first happened. And that's coming up next. But first, anyone who listens to the show knows how much Laura and I love Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that looks and tastes like a candy bar. It is soft, easy to chew, and comes in 18 amazing flavors, including nut and nut-free options in case you have any kind of allergies. There is a flavor for absolutely everyone here. There's flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, orange, toffee almond. There's something for everyone in Built Bar, and trust us, you're going to want to check them out. They got lower calories, lower sugar, more protein, more fiber. They are better than almost any other protein bar out on the market, and they are soft, easy to eat, and they taste like dessert in bar form. No more of that chalky, overly chewy protein bar. It's like a candy bar, folks. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off your next order. So go put together your variety pack box, try out all the flavors you want, put in promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. We're covering everything you need to know about the Montreal Canadiens, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So, Laura, Shea Weber played his 1,000th NHL game tonight, and it's pretty amazing he managed that after Nick Kiprio said his career was over last year, isn't it? That never gets old. It literally never gets old. Our friend Mike O'Brien posted that saying, oh, wow, what a milestone for a guy whose career ended, he who retired last year due to injury. I could not stop laughing. Honestly, he's had injury trouble in the past, that's for sure, but he's had such a long career, such a storied career. Uh, I only wish that he could have a Stanley Cup, and I hope that that happens for him before he retires. He's proven to be durable. Everybody loves him. He's apparently a big softy off the ice, which I really did not uh did not see coming but apparent according to all the tributes to him from his teammates tonight uh that's definitely something that he is i wanted to, i tweeted earlier because everybody calls him the team dad but eric engels observed because the arena's empty and price is obviously on the bench and he's the loudest most vocal supporter of the team apparently and so i was like this team has two dads it's so great yeah, it, Shea Weber being the team dad doesn't shock me. And apparently the guys all got him a gift, but Josh Anderson wouldn't tell the media what it is. And I'm assuming it's just like half a deer, like on like they got Shea Weber something like outdoorsy, but like they probably got him a sword. Like let's be honest, they got him a giant claymore sword or something ridiculous. Uh, they're going to do an actual ceremony on Thursday. They're going to present him with a plaque and his silver stick with his family at the Bell Center. I think that allows them more time to plan and make sure all the safety precautions are in place, which it's very good that he's going to get his, you know, moment in the sun. It's a it's a damn shame that he isn't getting his thousandth game in front of fans, because as you remember, last year when the season was called off, if he had pl- continued to play from that point on, his 1,000th game would have been against the Nashville Predators, which would have been extra special, I'm pretty sure, for Shea Weber and for everyone involved. 
Uh, I, I really hope that when fans are allowed back, they do pay tribute to all these things that happened. Corey Perry got his 800th NHL point. Shea Weber got his 1,000th game in that uniform. Uh, Carey Price and continues to set records and so many other things here. But going back to Shea Weber, and you're going to want to watch the video that's on the Canadian's feed, is that uh, one of his former teammates was telling a story about how Shea Weber showed up as the team in Kelowna was getting on the bus to go to a game. Shea Weber left the hospital he was in, in full gown, with his ass hanging out, apparently, and demanded to get on the bus and go with the team to the game. And they had to, and they had to leave him behind because like, you know, Shay, you're, you're in the hospital. We can't take you to go play a hockey game right now. And I don't think I could ever perfectly encapsulate Shea Weber better than that. I'm imagining 18 year old Shea Weber trying to do this, running in a hospital gown up to the team bus with a coach, coach, I want to play. And they're like, you're literally in a hospital gown. You are bringing the IV with you right now. There were three doctors chasing you. What are you doing? And Laura, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here and I'm sorry. What is your favorite Weber goal in the Canadian, in a Canadian's uniform so far? Oh no, that's a horrifying question. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's a terrible question because now I can't remember a single one. I'm not prepared. I couldn't like, <laughs> I couldn't look all of them up. I, I gotta say though, there's nothing like a Shea Weber slap shot. Whether it's on the power play or not, there's nothing that like, like, it's this like insanely dangerous shot. And if it goes in the net, it's good news because it means it didn't hit another player on the way in. I, I think my personal favorite, and he said a lot of them, I watched him score a breakaway goal once and I still don't know how he got there in any way, shape or form. But I think my favorite Shea Weber goal in a Canadian's uniform was last year against the LA Kings. They're on the power play and someone tees up Weber and he blasts one and it gets blocked and goes straight into the air. So Weber's tracking it the whole way. And when it comes down to about knee high, he just winds up and just cracks one out of midair past Jonathan Quick. And it it's almost unfair that that crowbar of a hockey stick he uses, he's able to generate that much force behind his shots. It's... And what's scary is uh, Micah McCurdy, who runs Hockey Viz, was pointed out, Shea Weber's one of the few guys in the NHL that continually still can produce from the point. And he's, you know, diversifying his game. He's moved up to the OV spot or he jumps into the play a little bit. But from the blue line, his shot just doesn't, it isn't stoppable. Like, getting in front of that has to be a death wish at this point. Yeah, it's like watching Patrick Line or Ovechkin. Like, you know it's coming, but there's only so much you can do to stop it. And he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Him and Ben Sherratt are still an incredible top pair in the NHL right now. One of the best uh following Sean Tierney's models. And speaking of Sean Tierney, we are going to have him on the show for our Thursday episode. So if you have any questions you want to ask Sean, just tweet them at LO underscore Canadians. We will pass them along. We're going to find out how good the Canadians are and how good Shea Weber still is. Uh, but before we get into our final segment, Laura, do you have any parting thoughts on Shea Weber? 
like I said, I really want him to win a Stanley Cup in Montreal. And, and you know, we, we did kind of allude to the fact that we might have been wrong about the trade when it happened. I will fully admit that I was extremely against the trade. It took me a long time to come around to the fact that the Canadians traded a young guy who was just about to enter his prime that I was a big fan of for some guy with so much money and so much term left on his contract who was already aging. Like, to me... That was a massive mistake because on paper, that's what it was. You had this guy who was young, who still had so many years ahead of him. And then this like albatross of a contract on your cap. And, 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 and again, like an older player, like at that time, he was like right about to enter into this, the period that you expect uh, players to decline. He became the team's captain. He became a fan favorite. He's playing extremely well. And, and, you know, especially if you factor in his age, which at this point with, with a lot of these veterans, you kind of have to do, you, you have to say like, you know, even at this age, he's still going strong and he is, and he's found chemistry with so many people on the team that he's played with. I just, I find that like the comparison and obviously there was no foreseeing PK Subban's injury trouble and his decline that he, you know, that he had after leaving Nashville. You never want to wish ill on a guy. You never want, you know, like I really do wish the best for him. Like I really loved him when he was in Montreal. He was one of my favorite players. But at the same time, I don't think anybody expected that this trade would work out this well for this team, like the, the like the people on this end. And so, you know, I really appreciate Shea Weber for what he is and what he brings to the team now. And I want him to win a cup in Montreal. And I hope that the Habs are able to do that before he retires. I do as well. Obviously, there's going to be plenty more Shea Weber talk as this season goes on, as the team dad and team captain continues to defy father time, models, analytics, whatever. Shea Weber remains absolutely fantastic, and I look forward to seeing what else he can do this year. Uh, and now, uh, coming up in our final segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the Canadians' top line and how it's been quiet to start the year and how Tyler Toffoli just seems to hate the Vancouver Canucks with a passion. And that's all coming up next. But first, the Super Bowls this weekend, folks. You got Brady, you got Mahomes, you got one of the all-time, you know, classic matchups. The old goat and the rising star. The NHL's in full swing. The NBA's in full swing. And there's only one place that has you covered for sports betting and one place that we trust. And that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Like I said, you got the Super Bowl coming up. You can bet on which NHL coach is going to be the first one fired. You can bet on NHL awards, games, anything you could possibly want. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Every Wednesday on Locked On NHL, take a deep dive into the Western Conference with Sarah Avampato of Locked On Kings and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers. Whether it's a look at the top-end contenders like Vegas and Colorado or breaking down the rebuilds of the Kings and Blackhawks, Locked On NHL has you covered on Western Conference Wednesdays. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I'm going to come out and say it. Everyone who's freaking out about Philip Deneau not having a goal this year needs to calm down because the Canadians' top line is going to be just fine this year, I promise. They're doing all the right things still. 
they're just not being relied on to score in literally every single situation this year. I think the Canadians are happy with the way it's playing. I wrote an article that says, yeah, Gallagher, Tatar, and Deneau still take a lot of tie-end draws against the team's top players, and Suzuki and Anderson and Drouin kind of get those secondary minutes, and they're both useful in different ways. Laura, I don't know if it's just me, but I'm not really panicking about the low production coming from the top line, and I use that very loosely right now. You know why I want to laugh is because earlier this season, you know, a million games ago, it's been going on so long, uh, people were freaking out about Kotkaniemi and Entifoli. Uh And, you know, why haven't they scored yet? It's been three games. And honestly, the thing that we're relying on the Deno line to do this year, much like you said, we're not relying on them to do the same thing that they did last year and the year before and the year before that and the year before that. Like right now, the scoring pressure has been taken off them because they have other guys who can do it and are doing it. They're proving to do it. Uh, from Nick Suzuki's emergence to the additions of Tyler Toffoli to Josh Anderson, these guys are bringing it. So the Deno line, and, and, and it's kind of given an opportunity for like each person on that line to kind of do the thing that they're good at. So Deno has been excelling at his like two-way play with the possible exception of the last game, not not the game we just watched but the previous one against the Canucks. Uh and then Brendan Gallagher is able to like get into the spaces that he needs to get into more freely and Thomas Tatar is doing that thing where he comes around. I kind of I I kind of feel like he's like an airplane like circling around the side and, 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 and being able to like get some shots on goal and, 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 you know, get a couple of goals in as well. I don't think that there's anything wrong with what they're doing. It's just that we're not seeing what we're used to seeing from them, but that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. And I'm looking at the Canadian scoring right now. Brendan Gallagher has four goals and two assists. Thomas Tatar has three goals, three assists, and Philip Deneau has three assists. That's not bad production from a line that is struggling right now. And of course, it looks like they're struggling when you have Tyler Toffoli scoring it well against the Canucks and Nick Suzuki playing well and then Drew Wayne and Anderson on that same line with him doing so many good things. It feels like they might be struggling in the eyes of fans because they're not the stars of the show anymore. They're still very good and they're still very useful. And like I said, we have Sean Tierney coming on the show for next episode who can help fill this in a little bit. They just aren't getting the same finish they might have got a year ago, and other lines are. They're still very good. They just don't have to be the only stars now, and I think that's a huge thing. And I guess that kind of shifts to my next point. Tyler Toffoli's been friggin' incredible. I'm running out of words to describe how much he must hate the Vancouver Canucks right now. Because that's what, he has nine goals and seven of them have come against the Canucks this year. Like, it it almost feels like he's just picking on them specifically. And tonight, he had an absolutely highlight reel goal. He undressed Jordy Ben and then just rifled a backhander past Thatcher Demko. We talk a lot about how good Josh Anderson has been this year and how Jake Allen has been good and Joel Edmondson's been steady. Tyler Toffoli might be the best free agent signing in the entire NHL this offseason. I know Taylor Hall's in Buffalo, but Tyler Toffoli's stealing the show. He leads the Rocket Richard race right now. No one has more goals in the NHL than Tyler Toffoli as of this moment. 
It's incredible. And honestly, I don't even know if it's like a grudge against Vancouver as much as he's just so smart at exploiting uh, their lapses in judgment and, and, and defense. I truly think that Tyler Toffoli is that kind of guy. Like we talked about when they brought him on that he was going to be playing with somebody who was going to be creating the space for him so that he's able to, to finish. And I think like he's just, he's really good at capitalizing. And we've talked a lot about how the Canadians, like when you're playing against a team that has more skill up front than the Canadians, like more talent, I would say, you know, somebody flashier, uh, more superstar style, then you have to be good at exploiting inefficiencies. You have to be good at exploiting their mistakes, their weaknesses, every every opportunity that you get. And that's something that Tyler Toffoli has been able to do in spades. And Josh Anderson is also like that, but Josh Anderson has that power forward aspect going to him. Like Tyler Toffoli has just been playing incredibly, like witty hockey is witty hockey, a, a, like a good uh, a, a good way to describe it. I don't know. He just, he knows exactly like just when to hit, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, there's so many things about this team. There's a dynamic that I don't think we've seen from the Canadians. It used to be, well, they work hard and they work hard and they work hard. Now it just kind of seems like, yeah, they work hard, but also when they want to, they're going to Harlem Globetrot as your ass. And they do that with startling efficiency pretty regularly and and I, I it's it's so hard to put into words just what this team has become I know we're 10 games in but I look at the way these lines have broken down you have Gallagher Tatar and Deneau who are just going to be relentless and they're never going to give you a moment's space and you always have to be aware of where they are on the ice and then behind them you have the speed of Josh Anderson that opens up space for Duane and Suzuki to operate and get their passes through and Anderson to drive to the net you have the third line where Toffoli and Kotkaniemi and Perry right now are so good at finding soft spots and just being consistent with where they get the puck. And then the fourth line just doesn't give you any space. Arturi Lekkanen has been an absolute menace to the Canucks this week. He's everywhere they are. He's forechecking relentlessly and causing turnovers. And then that doesn't even count the defense where they're just tough to play against and they can still generate offense. This Canadians team is scary good right now because they're getting contributions across the board. Okay, so you shut down Tyler Toffoli one night, but then did you shut down Josh Anderson? Oh, you shut down Josh Anderson. Did you shut down Brendan Gallagher? Oh, you shut down Brendan Gallagher. Did you shut down Jeff Petrie? Oh, you shut down Jeff Petrie. Did you shut down Shea Weber? Okay, well, you know, you're holding everyone kind of in check. By the way, you got to beat Carey Price or Jake Allen tonight, and both of them are playing the best hockey they've played in a long time. Good luck with that. It, it cannot be easy to go into planning against this team right now and go, well, do we focus on that line or that line and hope the other ones don't beat us, or do we do this? I don't envy any of the coaches who have to try and game plan for this Canadians team right now. Simple as that. I'm so sorry. I got distracted by trying to figure out what the hell the team got him for his for for what the team got Shea Weber for his 1,000th game. I'm looking for clues. I'm looking for quotes. I have not been able to find anything. But at the same time, I think you're right. The thing that, the thing that kind of concerns me is that after what happens in the playoffs, if they, if, if the Canadians make it far enough to meet a team from another division, I think the thing about the, the Canadians right now that's going to become very evident over the course of the season. And that's, that's something that I'm excited to watch out for is as they play more games, they're going to be playing these, these guys like eight, nine, 10 games over the course of the season. 
And if they're still beating them easily at the end of the season, then the Canadians have kind of proven to be impossible to game plan against, just like you suggested. So I, I honestly can't wait to see what happens. I know, I know Ottawa's up next and Ottawa doesn't really seem like too much of a test unless the Canadians play down to them. But I just, I really want to see like how other teams adjust and the, the, like the Canucks have now played five games against this team, six games. Five games, six five games. Five games, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, there's so many games against the Canucks. Five games. And they have not been able to solve the Canadians despite winning one. Like, they have just, they've simply not been able to solve the Canadians. And the Calgary Flames, which are a better team, haven't been able to, like, the only team that was able to match up against them was the team that everybody expected to, to handily win this division, and that was Toronto. So, for me, I'm just, I'm so excited to see how all these teams adjust, and then, at the end of the season, see how the Canadians stack up against the rest of the division and then against Toronto. I feel like I still hold Toronto in a different class. I know they're having struggles right now, but they're going to be the biggest test for the Canadians all season and possibly in the first or second round of the playoffs. Yeah, the the Canadians are potentially going to just, they're going to relegate the Sens on their own potentially this weekend. Um but we will have a preview for that series as well as our sit down with Sean Tierney of Charting Hockey. He's going to tell us exactly why the Canadians are good instead of us just saying the Canadians are good. You're not going to want to miss that episode. That'll be in your inbox on Thursday. As always, if you want to follow the show, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow me at Scott Matla. You can find Lockdown Canadians wherever you get your daily podcasts on Google, Apple, Spotify, or wherever else. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.